A More Beautiful Life is a listener-supported show. You can learn more about the benefits you receive from your support, such as access to other courses, special access to tools, blogs, and skills through our Patreon channel, Patreon forward slash A More Beautiful Life. Hello, you are listening to A More Beautiful Life podcast, recognizing, appreciating, and integrating earliest life experiences. My name is Kate White, and I created this podcast because of my passion for my work as a therapist and an educator in preventing and resolving earliest trauma. I believe that integrating our earliest experiences brings us closer to who we really are. On the show, I will be having discussions with others on the path who have explored healing our earliest experiences in life, or who, in my opinion, have found ways to live a more beautiful life. Today on the show, I have Carrie Benenson-Tausick. Carrie Benenson-Tausick is an osteopathic practitioner, professor, and certified graduate of Boston University and the College d'Etudes Osteopathique in Canada. Teaching and working both in Italy and in the U.S., she is also an affiliate of the National Italian Society, ROI. She first made her mark as an educator when her biodynamic visceral manipulation program was featured by Bastyr University in 2016. At that time, she was also published in the national publication Massage Magazine and was recognized for creating synergetic fusion between the biodynamics and the traditional philosophies originally established by the late 19th century bone setters and grandfathers of osteopathy in visceral manipulation, including the founder, Dr. Andrew Taylor Still, as well as Dr. Barber and more. Please enjoy this interview between, or a discussion actually, between Carrie and I as we talk about the work of being a body worker, a biodynamic craniosacral therapist, and a touch therapist that where we come into contact with our visceral body, our electromagnetic body, and our physical body, and our spiritual body. She's a a magical person, and we've so enjoyed talking with each other. And today on the show, I have Carrie Benenson-Tausig, who's an osteopath from Florence, Italy. And it's so great to have you on the show. Welcome. Thank you, Kate, so much for having me. Thank you very much. Yeah, I really am thrilled to have you to come and talk about your amazing work. And I've, I've met you as um, someone who like th- through, who's teaching visceral manipulation and someone who is offering to learn how to do distance work. It was just something that came through my, my field of action, so to speak. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And then when I met you, I'm like, this is a magical person. I mean, this person is poetic and fluent and speaks about medicine as if it's the fruit of the gods, you know, but, but I had a feeling tone to it. And I had a it had an energetic quality that I had not ever met. So I'm, I'm, I'm really glad to have you here and also teaching in the classroom. So why don't you tell people a little bit more about yourself so that they know you too. Well, thank you. Likewise, Kate. Um, it's, it's been great connecting with you and I feel like somehow we've webbed into each other. And so it's really great to be here with you um, talking about the, the work. Um, my background is 
that I was traditionally trained uh, in osteopathy. I trained in Switzerland and in Canada. I started with the Swiss International College of Osteopathy and finished my graduate studies at the College Etudes Osteopathique based in Montreal. And so we, we learn over 3000 techniques back going back to the late 1800s, early, early 1900s, really learning, um, you know, they say that we learn the body like a mechanic learns its automobile. We have to be in constant anatomy, constant study of every vessel, nerve, tooth to toe. Um, and I love it. I love being in the anatomy because it keeps me grounded. Um, but it's also allows me to go more into me and my teaching, being very sensitive, feeling very uh, empathic in my work, which has allowed me to treat people from a distance. I see people in studio. I have been teaching biodynamic visceral manipulation for about five years. I started out teaching at Bastyr University, uh, a lot about Lyme disease which is what I studied for four years to complete my study. And so I've, uh, one, one thing I feel very connected to in my training, from my training, is that we come from the approach of treating the three bodies, the structural body, the fluidic body, and the electromagnetic body. And a strain can be caught in any of those bodies, or trapped is a better word, entrapped. And so it's important to listen to the structures, listen to the fluids, and listen to the energy in order to be able to help people with chronic issues or even acute injury. And, um, mm -hmm. yeah. and so from that approach we teach. Yes, no, I, I, I get it because my teachers here in the United States, I've had really good cranial uh, training and they often talk about how an issue can be in the energetic body and show up in the physical body. So you have to really be able to be fluent in how to track structure, fluid, and the energy of what happens. And in fact, you know, our Dr. Stone, our polarities, like we, we step down into creation, we're energy first. Mm -hmm. and so, you know, we, we track that with our hands, but also with our own systems. I mean, that's how I work. And, um, and so that's, it's nice to, to be with someone who's, so fluent in each of those domains i mean it's it's fun to listen to you talk and 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 then and how it just kind of comes out of you like all this all the education about the all the arteries and the flow of this and the visceral you know anatomy that does that i mean it's it's just mm -hmm. amazing thank you now you you said you were trained in switzerland before like how did you you're you're not originally from Europe. You're American. Where are you from originally? Um, originally born in Vermont, raised in uh, Florida, college in Boston. My family, my roots that are in the U.S. now, my, my family's in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Um, I have a lot of colleagues there. I see, see, saw patients there. I come back to this, well, before the epidemic, I came back to the States four to six times a year mm -hmm. to teach in Washington State, DC, and also to be back in Santa Fe, seeing patients, seeing family, et cetera. And um, it's a long story. I've been rooted in Italy since 1996. Um, this is my home. I feel uh, very connected. I think I figured it out a few weeks ago that, that Florence, like Santa Fe, I can say the same, is a vortex of energy. And, you know, Michelangelo was here. This is the heart of the Renaissance. And there's something to that energy. 
you know, 50 meters from my house is a museum called La Specola where all the wax um, exhibits of the anatomy were made back in the 1600s where they, they actually made casts of organs and created wax sculptures and you can go and see it's different from cadavers in the sense that it's it's a presentation of the real form and real shape. So there's something to my connection here, who knows why, but um, it is interesting to work in the three bodies, the concept of the three bodies. If someone has a hip that's high and every time they go back to their practitioner and their hip is high, well, perhaps there was an injury when they were a baby and they fell or at any age where there's an energy entrapment within the grid of the bone, within the intelligence of the fascia, the gelatinous fluid that we know reacts separately from our immune system and our nervous system. If we, if we don't go and, and hear and listen to the compaction within the grid of the bone, well, the anatomy, the structure will always perhaps stay high or sheared high. Same thing goes for a liver, if a liver is sheared low Constantly that right shoulder might be, um, might be compensating for that liver that sheared when a person had a fall or perhaps, you know, so it's the idea of really listening to all the structures and really calling and asking the structures, what do you need and where's the primary blockage? That's the approach. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, having studied Lyme and working from this approach, I tend to see a lot of chronic, chronic patients. Mm -hmm. um, and the body has a lot to say, as you know, energetically, we can download a lot of information. Sometimes it's a matter of holding, let's say the glisten capsule of the liver or the vagus nerve and where it branches into the celiac plexus. But maybe within that grid, there's something that has created a compaction of energy that needs to be released and vice versa. Maybe a diaphragm is high and it, it really is asking for a direct correction on one side. So these are some of the the so these are some of the the pathways that we follow. Right. Well, people out there listening might not be as familiar with listening as a tool, and I know that we're taught that, like in osteopathy and in biodynamic cranial work. So, how would you describe to someone who's not familiar with this tool? What would you say? How could you help them understand what it is that we do? Well, I really feel like we are. Um, as I said, sort of mechanics inspectors with gentleness, we come in and we're really listening for the primary source. We're not necessarily paying attention, as you know, to symptoms and we're, we're creating space and stepping back and assessing pressure systems. Maybe we're even in person, we're oscillating and working with pumping techniques to see where is a person vaulted? Where are they stuck? Where are the water's not flowing? We call that the icicle test. We use our hands and we use our palpation skills to listen to the intelligence of the body that guides us to the primary blockage. And then from there, every it doesn't have to be an osteopathic tool, toolbox, as you know, it can be any modality we can bring in then to listen to, do we need to move something directly in the structural body? Or do we need to support something with ease in the structural body? Is there some glitch in the electrical current that flushes the holy waters through the system? Or is there an energy? Is there a story that's stuck in, in the system itself? So it's a matter of going, we would say, Osteopathically, classically, the classic rule is that the rule of the artery or the role of the artery is absolute. That's Dr. Andrew Taylor Stills, 
main uh, principle is that our job is to unblock actively or, or, or uh, indirectly helping the body to unblock itself or unblock if asked to work directly so that the intelligence can do what it is that it knows what to do. The blood carries all nutrients, all immune cells, all building blocks to restore and rebuild. So our job is basically to open up the uh, open up the blockages of the dams so that the waters can flow and do what they are supposed to do. Yeah, running water clears itself. That's what mm -hmm. he still says. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm wondering if you could give an example for our listeners. Like, I mean, I think that um, a lot of those of us who love the anatomy and love our work are probably very familiar with the, you know, the ventricles, the cerebral spinal fluid, the venous flow, interstitial fluid, and all the structures that can support all that and our different systems and I mean, picturing the anatomy and the viscera. But for the person walking around who may think, well, what, what are they talking about? Mm -hmm. Do you, would you feel comfortable just talking about say a case or a situation where Someone could say, oh, I get it. I see why I need to come and learn this or, you know, get even this chance to see Carrie. Oh, well, I would say, simply put, let me think of a case. I, I just, I'm really drawn to the palette today when we were talking earlier too. Mm -hmm. There's something, you know, there's a lot of whiplash out there. There's a lot of whiplash that can even come from our own birth. Whiplash is a big deal. Mm -hmm. And there's a very sacred space between the base of the head and the atlas, which is our first cervical vertebra. In fact, we have what's called the cruciform ligaments there, which are in a face, it's a place of a cross and a shape of a cross. And many people can get really into that in terms of the, the sacred area of the body. But it's important if we, if these structures are locked, so we can go in with our hands, we can lift the occiput, or we can directly assess the atlas position, its mobility. The important thing is that we go in perhaps and we understand that while well, gravity comes through our body, the descending lines of gravity, when we're walking, gravi gravity has to go through certain structures in a certain way. And if we're blocked with something like whiplash or perhaps reverse whiplash where someone fell on their tailbone or there was a quick birth and we have what's called reverse whiplash, someone's had an epidural it can show up on the opposite end and, and come out as, as uh, issues with self-regulation, hormonal issues, headaches, fatigue, depression, pain, pain at the base of the head. So we can go with manual therapeutic techniques and we can actually adjust these structures. We can also listen to the fluids. We can listen to the energy. We can even listen to temperatures mm. and that will indicate to us different approach, uh, different ways that we might be able to release these structures through manual therapeutic techniques. We know we look a lot at interrelationships. Perhaps the palate is in a little bit of a torsion mm. and that has created a scoliosis throughout the spine or someone had an epidural and they're having dental issues because this, external internal rotation, this movement of the facial bones that happen as we chew and breathe and, and live can put uh, having a, a, this area blocked or inhibited in any way can create less flow to the teeth. Teeth, bones receive blood flow, just like the nerves and tissues in the body. So we go in with tools to assess the spheres in the body, different pressure systems throughout the body, 
and we can apply certain techniques and different listening palpation skills to feel where, where is the person stuck? So we are the ultimate investigator and we bring a lot of grounding through the anatomy, but then the fluids are our greatest teachers and we get very, very much expansive in the experience. One might call it meditating together to where there are two people or more, a lot can happen. So um, it's sort of a range of experience. Yeah. Good. Thank you. I think that helps people sort of like understand a little bit more of where you're coming from and what, what we do with our hands and with this sort of biodynamic craniosacral approach. And in the online school, you're going to be working with visceral manipulation. And uh, so why don't you tell people just a little bit what that means for, for people? So visceral manipulation is one osteopathic, traditional osteopathic tool. Again, I come from the traditional training, the non-medical training, the original osteopathic approach. Visceral manipulation is one of many osteopathic tools where we assess literally the alignment of the organs. And we work specifically from my training, my background, we work with something called the central chain, which is a spine of organs and tissue that make up a certain spine in the body that goes from the top of the head to the base of the pelvic floor, separate from the bony spine and more influential in many cases than the bony spine. Mm. We go through and we assess certain structures in that visceral spine and make sure that they are not bearing weight, that there aren't any things stuck up against it because there's a belief, this is all Philippe Druel, the president of my college who developed this concept of the central chain. And then there's a big biodynamic lifting that I feel I've brought to the experience in my teaching is that if anything is touching these structures, if these structures are out of alignment, for example, the liver is low, very common, where it can get sheared or drops because of a fall. If any of these st structures are out of alignment or something else is stuck up against it, it won't resonate like the sound of a bell mm -hmm. and therefore it won't function properly. Mm -hmm. So we go in and we listen and we listen, is this moving because the organs rely on the, the motor and push from our breathing diaphragm. We actually have 14 diaphragms in the body and those diaphragms as we breathe in and they all descend are what motor the movement of the organs that allow the filling of health and deflating of waste. So every breath we take, our liver is moving and we need to go in with certain techniques to assess if these structures are moving properly. And if they're not, we apply manual therapeutic techniques with different palpation. It's always different palpation. Is this a structural blockage? This is fluidic where I need to work on the fluid surrounding the organ or flowing through the organ, or am I sort of going into the in-between world, the electromagnetic of the organ? We know that down to a molecule, we are only dense energy. So are we, is there something in the electromagnetic fluid field that's blocking the organ? And then we go and listen, what do you need? And we listen and, and apply what the body says to bring it back to health or to help it bring itself back to health. I don't know if that oh, sort yeah, of that's good. into. No, no, it all felt good. I think, yeah. all, I think all my organs have been washed while I've been <laughs> sitting here with you. And uh, I would have to say also, like, I know you're gonna be offering uh, chances to go into each of our systems in the online course that you're gonna teach starting in March. 
Um, and you're going to go through the 14 diaphragms too, which is exciting to learn all that from, from someone so advanced and educated as you. So it's a really big opportunity for those of us who have always wanted to study uh, this kind of work, just to have access to someone with your quality. And, and you and I have also talked about like COVID and I, I, I kept coming back to proposals that you and I were talking about because I really feel like we're, people are suffering um, in this pandemic, not only from isolation and fear and uh, lockdowns and things, but, but also just if they get COVID, what I've been feeling um, just in the overall people, it's like a bruising, a, a bruising mm-hmm. of our systems. It feels hurt. Um, and I know COVID can do a whole lot worse, like clots and um, our organs can get very affected depending on, I mean, we don't really know what, why COVID does what it does. But I, I wonder if you could speak a little bit to that before we complete our, our talk today, because I, I do feel like what you're bringing is good medicine. It, it will help people recover from this pandemic. And I'm, I'm really so pleased to be supporting something like this because I feel like people, people need this, they do, to get better, to heal from this pandemic. Yes, I mean, I'm seeing now quite a lot of post-COVID syndrome and then people are also catching on to the idea that there is preventative, there's a way to work preventatively, even if they're working with a naturopath or they're working, people are, are trying to get better. Even my own father is out there who was sitting on the couch last spring is now hiking in the Santa Fe Hills an hour and a half a day. People, the fear has been actually a motivator for some people to really look at their health and work preventatively. What I have to say about COVID is that, and this is also goes way back to traditional teachings we're really looking at a fermentation process around the lung tissue. There's like a, there's a, there's sort of a a heat that was already there. There was a predisposition. Maybe the lungs weren't moving in internal and external rotation with breath. And it created a bit of a sludginess and a fermentation, creating an environment that was conducive to infection or to, to infection. And, and so, with the osteop or with the visceral work, the osteopathic work, the approach, whatever your modality be, we're looking to really move the fluids, create drainage, opening up the collarbones where all the lymphatics drain. This is like our most broken bone is the collarbone that can come from a, even birth. We can fracture our little collarbones, mm-hmm. and the idea is to work on really mobilizing the, the the lungs as we breathe, mobilizing the breathing diaphragm making sure that the pleura, which is the covering of the lungs, is also um, what we call the recesses, the bags that hold the lungs have these little spaces that when we exhale and the lungs shrink, the bags do not shrink. And those bags can get a little bit sticky and adhered at the base. And so we're in there, we're trying to open up the pleural recesses so that the lungs can really drop and externally rotate properly into the bags that hold them. We have a a whole approach to working the different lobes of the lungs, making sure that they're also dissociating in a spiral movement when we're breathing. We look at areas of the spine, the spine that motors the, the, the upper and lower respiratory system. We need to make sure that the spine is free. And it's looking at sort of this, this triangle of 
the grid of the cardiorespiratory system as a whole and working on what really powers that. Um, it's a very mysterious, it's a very mysterious um, virus. And yeah. viruses are very opportunistic to this fermentation that, that may already have been there. So it's, it's, a, it's very interesting. Yeah, well, I, I really feel like what, what we can do with, with our work is restore. Uh, and also, I guess, prevention, like you say, but I feel like what, what you're bringing are, are going to be really a good toolkit on several different levels to help people um, with whatever they're ailing from. But I feel like, especially in this country, and, and also in Italy, I know you guys have been through so much over there. That's where I saw some of the earliest um, horrible reports of the pandemic. So I know you're not in that area. You're in the south part, right? Yeah, we're in Tuscany. We're central. We've been we've been one of the better regions, but uh, we've also been affected by the whole national uh, lockdowns that have occurred. But we're we've we've done okay in Tuscany. We've been in a less dangerous zone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I feel like what you're bringing is really what people need. And then for those of us out here who have the skills of biodynamic work already, I mean, and anybody who really does touch work um, can 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 come and learn in this online course and learn from you otherwise. So we're very happy to have you in the online school and for people to get to know you, to know, get you know your uniqueness, your poetry, your love yeah. of anatomy, and also your love of the work on these levels, the, the, the structural, but also this electromagnetic, but there's something else too. There's just a lovely energy I get from learning from you, Carrie. So. Uh, so you're so, so wonderful to have you on our show and also in the school. Um, and so I'll complete our interview with, with how I usually like to end is what, what makes your life more beautiful, Carrie? My life more beautiful is truly being in the most incredible place in the world for me. I feel like cellularly, I was born to be in Italy mm. and I have an, an enormous joy in connecting my matter to how the earth mirrors everything. My life mirrors what I'm supposed to learn, what I'm supposed to do. It's, it's, it sort of sounds, it's just my, my recent right now is really in present time, connecting with the tactile experience, being in Italy, smelling the fresh bread, um, slowing down, learning more about what shows up in my life in Italy and being with my family and, and seeing my nine-year-old son, who's an exact copy of me. It's, I don't know if that sounds, that's just, that's what brings me joy is, is bring it on life. What do you have next? <laughs> <laughs> well, I can tell from watching a little bit of what I know about your life through the for Facebook, I see the pictures of you and, and your son and and the, the life that you have over there in Italy. So I, I get a little bit of it. So it's been so nice to have you today, Carrie. And to be continued, we'll be seeing Thank you. Thank you, Kate, so much, very much. You've been listening to A More Beautiful Life podcast. To support our show, please go to Patreon forward slash A More Beautiful Life.